Welcome to Movies with Heart. I'm your host, Samuel Robert Fullhart. Here, as always, with my co-host, Paul Everett Fullhart. No relation. We are, we are getting into full Christmas gear now. We, we kind of had a warm-up Christmas episode with Batman Returns. As we said, that, that was uh, not entirely intentional, but now we're in the, the full Christmas swing. We're going to be discussing perhaps our, our favorite uh, Christmas movie of all time, and that is a, a little movie called Elf. Uh, Paul, tell us about your relationship with Elf. Yeah, for, first of all, I'd just like to say appreciate the extra formal introduction. You know, we're keeping <laughs> it classy as we Thank get you. into the Christmas season. The viewers can't see it, but we're, we're both wearing, wearing very nice sweaters, Christmas yeah, sweaters, as we do this. You know, we got our, got our cup of coffee. It's really, yeah, the it's fire's snowing roaring. outside. Yeah, you know, we're really getting in the the mood for this Christmas situation. Yeah, the uh, snow's coming down. Uh, oh yeah, we got got. I have Christmas music in the background. You know, I've yeah. muted it for the episode because we don't want to get striked. But try, trust me, we're we're actually listening to Christmas music right oh, now. Oh yeah, um, the de- decorations everywhere. There's a train I, running around yeah, my room. I was gonna say that's an elaborate train set, Paul. <laughs> it's I don't know. How much time did you spend on that yeah, thing? You know, don't, it's just just like a few weeks. No big deal. Yeah. And the way it like weaves in and out of your tree. I'm just yeah. if, if only the, yeah. I, we, we might have to become a, a you know, a visual, uh, a video podcast at some point. Yeah, with, because this with, is with, with this is a like treat this. for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went along for this set for our podcast. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all that aside, <laughs> in regards to Elf, um, yeah, as you said, I was looking, thinking back on it, and this honestly might be my favorite Christmas movie. That's a it's a bold statement. Uh, it's one that I've watched pretty much every year since it came out. It's definitely an every year watch for me now. I think just thinking back to the very first time I saw it, I knew nothing about it. Um, you know, did I you think, know anything about Will Ferrell? No, I, I didn't know who he was. Or who anyone yeah. else in this movie was when I watched. I would <laughs> think I was too young to have even known about SNL at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it's a PG movie, so I, I was, I was, I guess eight, seven when this came out. So I, I did not know any of that, and it, it really just took me by surprise. And it was, you know, seeing it in the theater with some family around the holiday time, and it was, it was just a riot. Um, though I, I will say um, this was my first time I was very embarrassed also during this time in the theater because my um, mom and aunt were behind me and my cousins in the theater and they, they were they were laughing <laughs> I can tell they really enjoyed this movie because they were laughing for the entire theater to hear in this packed theater through, throughout the movie <laughs> and we were up front so everyone was looking at us and I was I was very embarrassed. Uh, well, what are some of your like thoughts? And yeah, what, what's your experience with this movie? Yeah, uh, surprisingly similar to yours. Um, so uh, first, obviously, you know, I was uh, uh, I was like 12 when this came out. I, I didn't really know about SNL, didn't know who Will Ferrell was. I also saw it in the theaters with my my cousins and my mom and my aunt. We were up close to the screen. And oh, wow, yeah, they a, were just cackling. I know it's <laughs> crazy. 
it, it's, you know, life is just funny that, you know, why were yeah. Paul McCartney and John Lennon living in the same city? You know, it's just, it's one of these things. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, we, we got there late and, and, you know, I remember being kind of like, I think that was the first time I'd had to sit so close to the screen. Like we were literally mm-hmm. in the first or second row. Um, <laughs> And but yeah, it it didn't matter after a little while because uh, I was just was such a good movie. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, it's really fun. Um, like now, I'm like, wow, I, Will Ferrell, you know, James Caan. Uh, oh, what's the uh, what's John the name? Favreau? Yeah, well, yeah, Zoe, John Favreau, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, I mean, uh, Bob Newhart. Like all of these, all of these people, and and yeah. I, to to have no idea what I was in for, and, and I think like you know, so many of the so many of, of like the the movie classics uh, are not from uh, you know my childhood, or at least like not from when I was you know old enough to like really re- vividly remember the experience of seeing the movie in theaters, and so. I think it has a special place in my heart for that. Like I, I was, you know, I was, I was 12 when this came out and it's, uh, it feel, it, I mean, yeah, it's like our, perhaps the, the greatest Christmas movie of, of all time. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it hit me at the right time. And yeah, I, you I, th- know. I think that's an important thing to note. Cause I think it's very likely that this is more like it's, yeah, it's the Christmas movie potentially for our generation. I think this definitely yeah. hit it, hit us at the right time versus, a lot of the other Christmas movies just missed me, to be frank. I think, <laughs> as you'll see, it's as a wonderful we're going life through <laughs> these. Yeah, I don't even think I've never even seen the majority of It's a Wonderful Life or yeah, whatever the one is where the kid licks the pole and his tongue is stuck to it. Oh, um, what is a Christmas story? I, I, I don't know, but that's the only scene I've seen from that movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I've, I remember seeing that scene and then I was kind of disturbed by it. Uh, and I, I remember like one other scene from that movie where the kid has to like, uh, put some soap in his mouth because he swore. And yeah, I I don't think I ever saw that whole movie. Um, but I know for some people that's like, that's, you know, that's their go-to Christmas movie. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, so given this history and, you know, uh, this didn't quite, doesn't quite fit what we typically do. You know, this is, a, a you know, our, our yeah, favorite we, we Christmas movie. We both think movie. it holds up. We yeah. both, we, yeah, we, we've already said that we think it holds up. So, um, how are you going to, how are you going to approach this watch, Paul? And, uh, you know, are, are you going to try to take a more critical distance from it? Or are you going to try to, you know, try to explain I think I'm why try you to like just, it so much? Yeah. I think I'm going to try to just look at what makes this movie a great Christmas movie. And maybe yeah. with that, I'll be able to yeah better elaborate and explain of why I like it. Cause right now, I just that's just I've always watched it and I've always enjoyed it, but I've never really thought about what about this movie in particular has always you know, made me come back to it. Along with the other greats like yeah. Die Hard at Christmas time, you know, it's pretty much yeah. two two movies on that list. So um, yeah, I, are we doing Die Hard next week? I think we're we're doing Home Alone and then Die Hard. So okay, we're the, okay. the big three of Christmas yeah. movies: <laughs> Elf, Home Alone, and Die Hard. <laughs> yep, they they go so well together. Well, and this movie is directed by John Favreau, so it's still 
there's some connection to the the Batman Christmas movie. I wait in what way? Uh, Batman's a superhero. John Favreau directed superhero direct superhero movies. Ah, yeah. What what a <laughs> tight connection. It's an airtight connection. <laughs> he practically directed Batman Returns. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, do you, do you have any final thoughts, Paul? Or I, th- I think that's it. I'm ready to watch some movies. And we're back from watching Elf. Paul, what are your general impressions uh, this time around? Uh, yeah, well, no, no shock. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Certainly wasn't expecting that to be any different as I watched it last year and the year before. <laughs> but I think above that, this definitely was watching it from a different lens. I'm usually just watching it for fun. This one, I'm you know paying attention to a little more things under the hood of the movie, maybe. And <laughs> I, I I really found that I yeah I really enjoyed it on a, on a lot of different levels that I never really in like context that I never really thought about the movie before. Like some of the different genres that it's hitting on. Uh, the directing, the editing. Uh, I thought it was a really tight movie. What, what, what did you think? Yeah, so I, I also had it. It was, I, I think, you know, I just must have never really watched this movie with any kind of critical lens because it was a really different experience. And I I felt like uh, I was thinking about so many things as I was watching it. And I, I, I would definitely say that overall it, uh, you know, furthered my appreciation of the movie. And it was a really enjoyable experience i have a few things uh that that maybe we can get to towards the end that i i'm not totally sure if these are are problems with the movie but i at least want to you know yeah float yeah, them we'll be, uh, we'll be excited talking about it. i'd say admittedly i say i tried to watch this movie with a critical eye <laughs> i'm not gonna say it's I, I was having such a fun time. I probably about halfway through kind of kind of just started just watching <laughs> the movie and stopped yeah. taking notes, to be honest. It, like, even though I watch this movie a lot, there's so many things that I just think I'm very nostalgic for this movie. I'm going to just say it. I'm, prob- yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a little biased towards it. it brings me back to my childhood in the theaters, being embarrassed by my viruses <laughs> as we talked about earlier. And so I, it's just, yeah. I, I had yeah. a good time, but um, well, for me too. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, this is the first Christmas movie I watched this season, and so yeah, mm-hmm. there was a bit of just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just yeah. loving this. This is getting me into the Christmas spirit. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so for starting the discussion, yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't think we need to do a plot summary, really. I, th- I think it, I'd yeah. say most most people have watched this movie. If someone hasn't, it's a bit of a fish out of water story where. A boy is adopted by elves. He needs to go back and find his real family near New York. He has to, his dad lives in New York, so it's a crazy place for a naive guy in New York raised by elves. And then everyone finds their Christmas spirit within their hearts <laughs> at the end, and we all live happily ever after. So that's, that's my speed summary of the movie. But yeah, as far how do you want to kind of break this down as far as talking about it? How about we start with just this as a, a Christmas movie. And then I was kind of, I was thinking like, maybe we can talk about it at that general level, but I was also thinking like, there's, you know, there's a movie like Home Alone or Die Hard that's like a Christmas, it has a lot of the Christmas movie tropes. It like takes mm-hmm. place at Christmas and whatnot. But Santa Claus, like the Santa, uh, you know, yeah. myth, I'll just, I'll just say it, um, is <laughs> not, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
that that is not part of of the fictional world of, of those movies. Whereas this belongs in the Christmas uh, in the type of Christmas movie where where the Santa story is, is all true. I'm curious, like, uh, you know how how does this movie play as a Christmas movie, and specifically as like a uh, Santa is real Christmas movie, and and how does it um, how does it work? Uh, yeah. for kids and how does it work for adults yeah yeah and I, I definitely was more cognizant like thinking about that when, when I was watching it this time I'm trying, going to try to think of some of the main things that I took note of but I'm sure I'm going to miss some stuff but I think the, as far as looking at it through the lens of a Christmas movie for kids I think some of the things that it does really well that I recognize and kind of remembered how I felt about it as a kid um, as I think, first of all, the movie centers around a character um, like Buddy, that even though he, even as a kid, you recognize that some of the stuff he's doing is pretty, pretty silly. But it's the same time as a kid, like you really enjoy, you know, some of the stuff I enjoy as a kid is a lot less dialogue focused, and a lot more of like, you know, the actions of the characters. So stuff like eating the gum off of the thing and whatnot, <laughs> you know, throwing the snowballs at a super fast pace. You know, that that to me as a kid, that, that kind of gets me in his corner. So I really like having him. And then I think for, for kids, you know, even I don't I don't know what it's like for kids now. But even, you know, by the time I was I was very young. But, you know, you I had older brothers. I <laughs> well, I, I you know, I knew that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> Forgive me, everyone. <laughs> um, clearly, I didn't watch the movie hard enough. But um, I think it, it does a great job of kind of towing the line of a world where Santa's somehow of Santa being real, but also kind of poking fun at, you know, like from a parent's perspective, you know, it talks about like when the way will Ferrell, he's just like aghast by <laughs> the, them not believing in Santa. And he's like, but who would eat the cookies? And like, how can yeah, all the, the parents, parents the deliver the presents in one night? Yeah. Um, so I some love of those lines. It like draws attention to the, <laughs> Probably the most absurd part about Santa yeah. that he can deliver all these presents in one night, but it <laughs> makes it about the parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, those are ones that I think both parents and kids can get, get a real kick out of that. And then I think for kids at the end of the day, I think it does a great job of, even though, you know, kids watching it might not fully really believe in Santa at that point, it still kind of tries to go to more of a level of like, I guess, holiday cheer and just kind of, you know, being like family. There's a lot of like family themes. And I think a lot of it is about not even if it's not believing in Santa, but more, I guess, not the big message. And it is like, I'm trying to think about the right way to phrase it, but it's somewhere along the lines of, you know, not, I guess, not being afraid to like, I guess, put yourself out there. I think, I think for me, for me as a kid, you know, I was, you know, pretty shy, I guess. And, you know, didn't didn't want to look dumb. And then in this movie, you have someone that just has no inhibitions. And I think and he starts to the you know the people he interacts with start to you know see the the fun and maybe just not taking you know just be, being themselves and being able to kind of go. You know, I yeah, I don't know. It's like a half thought. But what what what, what about you? What were you thinking? Yeah, well, I, I'm first just going to say a little bit about what you said. So I, I really like that. I, I hadn't really put it together. But yeah, I think the theme of the movie is 
don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You know, don't be afraid to uh, give someone a hug or tell someone that, you know, that you like them. And, yeah. you know, maybe sometimes you're going to get attacked by a raccoon. Um, <laughs> but, you know, on balance, it's you're going to have a better life. And I, I hadn't actually I was trying to, like, figure out what, what exactly is the the theme here. But, yeah, when hearing you say that, I, I think that it all kind of clicks together and and that's kind of that's what buddy is able to do for everybody else in the movie yeah. um and and yeah that's yeah i yeah, so i really a, like really that. good really good message for kids um yeah yeah so yeah, um, which, um but and it, you know obviously it, it does it in like a fun way for kids where you know yeah they're gonna um see it but it still yeah can make you feel that way yeah um so in terms of the yeah the the whole santa thing i i like i like that they're playful about it and mm-hmm. like i i remember i there was a time when i i was bothered by the idea of parents lying to their kids about santa <laughs> um and you know i just like oh why, like why would you why would you lie to your kids about about anything or like and and like you know i think i'm I'm like someone who i really don't like to be duped and like Mm -hmm. to to like realize that i believe these things are just they look so dumb in (laughs) hindsight um but you know i think in this like the way that they do it they give you lots of hints that it's that he's not real um and so it's yeah it's more about the fun and you know about the yeah, I don't know, like being silly and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there. Um, and I I think it's like, I I don't want to fully take credit for this idea. I, somebody, one of the hosts of the Weekly Planet podcast mentioned this, but there's something weird about a lot of these Christmas movies where Santa is real in them, but hardly anyone believes in Santa. Um, mm-hmm. like if Santa was real and was delivering all these presents and eating the milk and cookies, like you would think everybody would believe in Santa. Um, yeah, <laughs> like there would be so much evidence. Um, yeah, especially as, so, a, as a parent, <laughs> it would be hard to not believe in Santa if you weren't the one delivering the presents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like a weird, and I like, I wonder, um, I, I don't, I don't remember seeing any of these, like, I think the Santa Claus movies are, they really yeah. play this up a lot. And I don't know, it, like, maybe we should rewatch them sometime, but I think, I think it would annoy me. Um, but, um, it's like kind of a weird thing where you like introduce the possibility that Santa isn't real. Uh, so like as a kid, you know, like that could be, that could be enough to like undo the whole thing. Um, yeah. but then you're like, no, but he is real. Um, and, and yeah, I like in this movie, there were some things at the end when they, they talk about like, you know, oh, I don't know if I'm going to remember the exact lines, but like, um, you know, seeing isn't everything basically. Like sometimes you should believe. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't, I don't really see how that, like there is so much evidence for Santa in this movie. And, and even in the end scene, like some people see Santa flying uh, they read from the naughty or nice list and like, it's amazing how, how accurate that list, like <laughs> if you had that evidence, you should believe that Santa is real. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that, that one line that, that I don't, I don't think that one necessarily works 
Because it is, <laughs> they say seeing isn't believing, but then the only reason that, like, Michael in that case is believing is because he's literally seeing Santa yeah. in the list. And that's yeah. the thing that makes him believe was seen, even though they just said that, that, and then, yeah, and then that that's how their plan for convincing people was reading their specific list. Um, yeah. But that, that, that part doesn't quite work. But I think, in general, yeah, I like the way that the movie... It well, it has Santa being real. It also toes the line of like obviously it comes across a lot of things where clearly Santa, you know, Santa's not real in a lot of the situations. Yeah. But it doesn't like um, in a lot of cases. It you know it pokes fun at some spots, but in a lot of cases it kind of just leaves that like dual. It almost has a duality in the movie of like. Yeah. Santa being real and not real simultaneously, which I think is a cool way to to do it, especially for like kids' sake. Um, yeah, I agree, and I and I think too, like you, you, when you have such good comedic actors, like it's just really funny. Like <laughs> you know, Will Ferrell saying that's shocking, <laughs> like, um, and like Bob Newhart too. He's so dry, and when he's like tr- talking mm-hmm. about these rumors floating around about parents, uh, so. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so is there anything else related to this as a Christmas yeah, movie that you want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, thinking about some of the different elements, you know, obviously it, it brings in family. It's finding your long lost family. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, you know, you have, is there, yeah, that's like gotta be one of the main hallmarks yeah. of a Christmas movie. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. part of what makes Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, yeah. That's definitely some of the keys. You know, you have your Christmas songs. It hits, it hits, ticks yeah. all those, all those boxes. But I think the big thing for me, as far as this being a Christmas movie, and what honestly, as I get older and become a even more of a softy every year, I think the score yeah. does a really good job. The, the, yes. the, main, the main theme, like I was almost like feeling oh. tears coming at the beginning of the movie <laughs> with oh, the I, main theme, let, let alone I the end up. of the movie. Um, yeah, it was. Like that, that main theme just gets me every time. I, I think that really helps like make it kind of a next level Christmas movie for me. Yeah, I, I love that theme. I, it, yeah, I, I did, I did tear up multiple times it played. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's just one of the best Christmas themes, themes ever. And, and, and yeah, and I don't, I don't know, like, I think they always use it at times that feel appropriate too. Yeah. Like all the, you know, all the actors are uh, sincere to, even though they have like mm-hmm. a lot of great comedic, I feel like they're really being earnest and uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that's always, it's a really hard thing to nail in a movie like this. And there's, you know, it's Christmas movies in general is when you're trying to make it fun and comedic to then also be able to have more like serious moments and let them play out as opposed to just like going back to funny or them feeling out of place. I think it does a great job with handling multiple tones and there are some, you know, sad aspects of the movie as far as this is a person that doesn't have, you never knew his parents. He felt out of place in both places. There's are some, you know, his dad doesn't like him at all. There's yeah, his family in general seems like they're in absolute tatters when he gets. Oh yeah, the the dad is completely disconnected. Yeah, doesn't really show. He doesn't show any interest in his other son either. Yeah, and I I think one one of the things I noticed on this watching um, that I don't think I've ever thought before 
was I legitimately I felt bad for the dad and his yeah. his job. He seems like a genuinely I think I never got that aspect of the character in the development is he legitimately seems like you I used to be like, ah, oh, he's so mean and terrible, but this time I sympathize with him way more. Maybe it's because I'm now an adult <laughs> who who works. But it just he's like on the brink of being fired. So it's like, oh, I I get why he's being kind of a jerk to his family and distracted. He's right riding the edge like maybe he's did some bad things as far as probably should have decided to print those extra pages in the book that was a bad business call but i I, he's legitimately in a tough spot at work so i i felt for yeah (laughs) yeah well yeah i when i said that he doesn't show interest in his other son Mm -hmm. it it is really only because he has so much work to do and yeah Mm -hmm. they make it clear that he's like he's on the brink of getting fired Mm -hmm. and i don't I don't know, like, yeah, it doesn't, it's not clear, like, whether he will be able to get another job if he loses. Yeah. So it's like, he, he, he may very well be acting the way that he is, like, just so that he and his family can afford to continue living in New York City. Um, And if you're, like, aware, like, now I'm like, well, yeah, what is, what's the rent on that apartment? Yeah, yeah. It didn't even seem like they had that nice of a place. Like, I, yeah, it's I thought, New York. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty nice for New York standards. Uh, yeah, that's but, true. Um, um, uh, just to on the sadness of this movie, I like. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's a really good fish out of water movie, and I think it like uh, Will Ferrell, you know, Buddy's situation is is really sad from that mm-hmm. pers- perspective. Like he grows up in, at the North Pole. And everybody that he's around is like genetically made to be so good at the things that are valued at the North Pole. Yeah. And he's not. And, yep. you know. Yeah, the classic like, line. It seems like, like everyone else. Or I'm trying to. They say something about like everyone has their own special yeah. talents. And then he's like, it seems like everyone has the same talents except me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. That's so sad. I, it is so sad. <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's, it's really hilarious like it. in the, when you're watching it, but it's also really sad when you think about it. Yeah, um, exactly. He's, he's trying to keep up in a world where everyone yeah. has a skill set that he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, that is, that, that's, I find that relatable too. Like, there, mm-hmm. you know, there are just people who, like, you can just tell, that, like, not saying that hard work doesn't matter, but it's like this person is just, just way better at this mm-hmm. than I am. And especially if it's something that you also care about or that you're like, you're in an environment where that thing is valued. Like it's, it's hard if you're just not, yeah. not nearly as good at it. And then the other thing too is like, I mean, he's a fish out of w- water in both worlds. So when he gets to the human mm-hmm. world, because he's like, because he's grown up in an elf environment, then like all, you know, he's, he's also not ready for that world because, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's double uh, fish out of water. Basically. Double fish out of water. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, I, as a fish out of water movie, just kind of thinking about it less as a Christmas movie, maybe for a bit. How how did how do you like it from that respect? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think it's it's great. I mean, I, I can't think of many like in a lot of fish out of water movies. Like I don't. Know, I was thinking like Wonder Woman or something. Um, she is. Like she has a home where she, you know, she's mm-hmm. uh, su- suited for that environment for whatever. Where she come from? 
Uh, she comes from Amazon, like, the Amazons or something. Something, yeah. <laughs> the island, Amazonians, yeah. some island in Greece. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and and you know, Superman. Well, I guess Superman was a baby when he, but he had he has a home too, where it's like, you know, yeah, these he are has his deep... human parents or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or I was I meant I, oh, I meant like the place that he was originally Krypton like that he is a Kryptonian he is a Krypton or something Kry- like Kryptonian but it gets Kryptonian destroyed. anyway we don't need to get in the weeds whatever on yeah fish like, out of water stories but it, anyway yeah it's it's I don't a, think his he's is a fish out of water story but you have like well. Um, it's, yeah, it's there more are there... Of a, it's more of a story of coming to terms with his. He's someone of two peoples, and it's coming that's, to that's terms true. with that's that point. as opposed right. to a fish out of water story. <laughs> Come here, that everyone, for your in-depth Superman analysis. <laughs> our, our elf, elf yeah, episode. sorry, I, I derailed <laughs> <you're good>. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess um, just uh, my, my point was just that he's a, he's a fish out of water and. In both places, yeah. he doesn't really have any home. Um, yeah, he's kind of feeling like he's, especially when he just learned about that his whole world was a lie. He's really reeling from like, and where, yeah, where to, where am I supposed to go in this world? As opposed yeah. to, yeah, everyone knows that it's more like they might be missing home, or yeah, they had somewhere where they fit in at one point. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, um. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, and, and this is like partly, you know, what makes a good kids movie. But like, it's also it is also great, like how he he doesn't ever lose his enthusiasm and his earnestness. So mm-hmm. it's like it's sad, but it's also like sweet and funny that he just like, yeah, he bounces back so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. until the end. Uh, yeah but i mean he bounces back pretty quickly then too (laughs) yeah but yeah no i think what what i like about this movie as opposed to some other fish out of water stories which is i mean i think there's a lot of great fish out of water stories but i think sometimes people use the fish out of water setup just as like kind of an easier way to like have some comedy in the movie necessarily but doesn't necessarily utilize the actual fish that fish out of water aspects to drive some of the plot and character stuff so i think what i like about this is that in the fish out of water aspects there's him not being like everyone is actually a good thing in a lot of ways like sure he's a little it's a little over the top but it's he has aspects that he that are doing that are really good and positive like his he just he doesn't you know he's not self-conscious of a lot of things and he's just doing um he's just very genuine and i think you know and so it's a it's a case of you're not like you know obviously i mean you're you're kind of laughing at him but there's but you're also there's there's great things about him that you're like oh everyone should be more like that as opposed to a lot of times in other fish out of water stories it's more like the thing you were like at the beginning was like you were like not integrated and it wasn't like really positive at all you just were confused and learning a new thing but not really you know and this it's really he had something to show all of them as well so it's you know and he ends up he doesn't really (laughs) 
he doesn't change that much. Yeah. He, he doesn't have his like moment where all of a sudden he has a like, you know, they do kind of the joke where he's in the business clothes, but he, <laughs> he doesn't really have his like, I'm going to get a makeover kind of glow up moment and then get integrated into the new world. He's he's just Buddy the Elf the whole time, and it's other people become more like Buddy the Elf around him, which makes him fit in better as opposed to the other way around, uh, which I, I think yeah. is a cool, cool, cool kind of twist on it. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times in these movies, they will like the fish out of water will become a little bit more like his like its surroundings, and then mm-hmm. the the other people will also become a little bit. Like this, and I, yeah, I kind of I like that they're just like, no, like what's wrong? What's wrong with Buddy? Like, you yeah. know, everybody else should become a little more like him. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, and then but, I think uh, on top of that, just from like a comedy, you know, we're kind of assessing this from looking into this quite a bit. But I mean, some a lot of the the jokes are amazing. Just also just that it's New York. And I yeah. like some of the, the reoccurring joke with the taxi cab that almost yeah. hits him every time <laughs> and does hit him a lot is amazing. Yeah. So, you know, just like grabbing the gum, running around in those door things. Me as a oh, kid, yeah. that's something that I had always wanted to do. That just looks I mean, like I a still blast. Thought, I still thought that looked fun. I was like, oh, oh yeah. could I get someone to do that <laughs> yeah. with me on a date? Like, would that exactly. actually be a great idea? Yeah. Like... <laughs> What time could I go there where there wouldn't be any people around? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, just, you I, know, just jumping on the little lines on the streets and some yeah. of that stuff. Oh, that like, oh I love uh, to do that. Yeah. I, I remember, too, uh, like the first time, you know, growing up in a small town, there weren't a lot of escalators. And the first few times I got on an escalator it was super scary. So that was pretty relatable to me when he's yeah like, no i just, totally get what you're saying I had that same experience yeah and i like and the, the like the way it's shot where you could just, it's like super close up on the and when you <laughs> when you do look at an escalator like that it does look kind of intimidating um yeah it, it, it it's clearly it's coming from a place like the person directing that has clearly had like that type of a thought you know obviously not in as extreme a level but yeah. Definitely the way it's shot is relatable to it's exactly what like where I'm you know, you're looking when you're going to get it onto an escalator. It's like that the intimidating just continuous steps coming up part right, is right. yeah. No, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think that the movie is saying like Buddy is like perfect or I mean I mean like no. yeah, his the fact that he falls for the world's best cup of coffee, like yeah. obviously we all know that like he we're privy to something that he's not privy to. Like that people will just exaggerate like that all the time and you should mm-hmm. not take it at face value. But I, I think it's kind of, it's like he is a weird, you know, cool, uh, like really genuine guy. Um, it's great to have him around and yeah. we could all be a little bit more like him, even if not, you know yeah definitely um, going, don't don't go all don't go go full buddy but maybe yeah. you just get get an extra 10 5 10 percent of buddy in your life yeah <laughs> probably yeah. exactly <laughs> more what more what it's going for um, yeah yeah uh, oh i was just gonna so um another thing another like uh th- this movie um has the the whole uh, dad who we talked about this a little bit already, but the dad who works all the time 
And, um, you know, I think this was a big, uh, this was, was a, a big trope in like the, the nineties. And I was thinking of like uh, liar, liar with Jim Carrey. Um, mm. or he, you know, he's a lawyer. He's always like promising to be there for his son. He's never there. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, yeah, I like it, Evan almighty and yeah, like that was kind of maybe, Wait, I actually haven't Maybe seen Evan Almighty. <laughs> I just agree Almighty. with you without even. I can't even remember the name of that movie. My, those by, might both be movies, but there, there was other there, ones too. There were a few Jim Carrey movies, and <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was interesting because I don't. I feel like this this trope is kind of. I don't see it as much anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I mean, like we already said, I think one thing that's interesting about this. Uh, the way this movie does it is that you like it does explain it does show you why the dad is working so much. It's like it's not just because in some of these movies it's like the the dad is just so self absorbed and he's like loves his job and you know just like mm-hmm. isn't thinking as much about his kids. But in this one it's like well if he like if he doesn't work a ton he he's gonna get fired. Um, yeah. So I really like that aspect of it. But did you have any other thoughts on? Unlike, yeah, I was trying um, to think about like why we don't have <laughs> movies like that anymore. I guess yeah. it seems like in general, and maybe it's just the nature of we have mostly like huge blockbuster movies right now. The the workplace in general, do, yeah, it'd be like I, a movie about Iron Man, not <laughs> yeah. Time that's what we were talking about this a little beforehand. I was like, I guess Shang Chi is kind of a working dad. Movie in a way, though it's not exactly. Yeah, and you've never seen the movie, but um, I think. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's. I think in in general, and maybe it's just in movies, they don't want to draw attention to terrible work life for viewers. They want to try to (laughs) do more escapism. Then yeah, that might be a little too too real for people. Yeah, I, I think that is a big part of it because, yeah, like if you just think about, yeah, what's big right now, it's like superhero movies, maybe you know, like science fiction movies. And like mm-hmm. those are just so like so far removed from the like the world yeah. of work. <laughs> overworked dad trope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like they could do like. Having an overworked dad and an overworked mom, um, that, that would yeah. be uh, great. Um, <laughs> I uh, mean, the mom seemed pretty overworked in this movie, too. <laughs> actually, that's a good point. Yeah, she, 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 she had a high-powered job as well. There's yeah. definitely a lot of working going on in this family in right. New York. There's more focus on the dad, but yeah, like there's one time when he asks if she can uh, take Buddy to work with her, and she's like, no, I, I have a budget meeting. Um, Mm -hmm. so she, she really doesn't have that much time for buddy either. And maybe she's like a little more nice. He's nice about no, but but (laughs) she's still not any more available. Um, I mean, that's kind of another thing I think about this dad. It's like I, that I like, um, played by James Caan, uh, Mm -hmm. who, uh, I, I certainly love as, as Sonny and the Godfather. Um, Whoa, but I, he, I never thought about the fact that uh, James Conn's Sonny in The Godfather. He yeah. just kind of blew my mind. <laughs> he, he actually kind of, I'm not saying there's like a strong resemblance, but like he and Will Ferrell, they both have kind of curly, yeah. like light brown hair. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, 
I, I, I like that he's he's someone who he like he will definitely complain and he'll do do things begrudgingly, but he like he will ultimately make the right decision a lot of the time and like when mm-hmm. it really counts. Um so yeah. Uh um Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One thing I was thinking about kind of going off to the the working dad trope not being in movies. Trying to think about some of the most recent big Christmas movies and, and, and oh. just in, in general, because, you know, we had the run there kind of when this came out, like and when we were kids where it felt like there was a big Christmas movie every year. You have the Santa Claus movies. Yeah, you have this. You have um, I'm blank. Christmas like, with the cranks. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was it felt like every year there was the big temp, maybe even two some years. Yeah. <laughs> like, what when was the last big high profile live action christmas movie or even animated i guess that's a really good i mean there were wasn't like arthur's christmas kind of a big animated I've, I've never even heard of that movie okay <laughs> uh, maybe it was but i guess it wasn't big enough to get into my sphere yeah of movie knowledge so um, Christmas with it the was like, came out. I don't know when did when did the Polar Express come out? Oh, that's two thousand four. All right, that's super wow. old too. <laughs> oh man, uh, oh, it makes me feel yeah. so old. Yeah, the, um, the Christmas. Like, why did the Christmas movie genre like? Why why did it die out? I guess that's a good question. It's still, still, Christmas happens every year. <laughs> I know you would think people are in the mood for something Christmassy. Yeah, uh, yeah I. I mean, maybe because Christmas movies are just, you know, they're they're too much like dramas and comedies that take mm-hmm. place in basically the you know something close to the real world, and that's just too far from like, yeah, from the superhero science fiction worlds that dominate, uh, you know, the big like the big movies. Yeah. Uh, of our time. Yeah, it's just, um, just kind of surprising. I mean, this type of like kind of mid-budget movie doesn't really get made in general these days. Yeah. But it's, it seems like the, with the hope of like Christmas sales, you could you'd maybe go for it. Cause it, se- it seems like because it's not like this movie would have a big budget. It seems, seems like someone yeah. would take a shot on a new Christmas movie at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe part of it, too, is like, I, I mean, I, I know there was Christmas movies that came out after 2004 and like maybe the the fact that we're struggling to think of a lot you know is an indication that the ones that did come out didn't do very well and so then yeah. they're like okay this well is run dry Let's yeah just... by, that, that's a good point by the time we hit like <laughs> santa claus three or whatever yeah monstrosity happened <laughs> there and there was like there was the one like jack frost movie right where the dad like freezes to death and then comes back as a snowman <laughs> that was the thing yeah. that happened yeah, i remember watching point. that I think that that um, came out in the late '90s. I'm pretty sure, though. Oh, jeez. Okay. So 1998. Oh wow. Uh, I was apparently very young when I saw that. But yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah, and it, maybe it was that there was just a couple Christmas movies in a row tanked, and then they just haven't gone back. Um, yeah. Man, I was thinking, like, in terms of how much I love Elf, I was like, well, yeah. there really hasn't been a movie that's come out since Elf to really even right. attempt to dethrone it. So of, of yeah. course we keep going back to Elf and Home Alone and Die Hard every year because there haven't even been any Christmas movies to try try to take the spot. Right. I was so I was just looking 
uh, Santa Claus Three made a hundred and ten, about one hundred and ten million worldwide, and then Ooh. the first one made one hundred and eighty nine million, and the second made one hundred and seventy two million. Yeah, it's so a, it's a it's a bad trend. Big, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, Actually, yeah. um, well, I the other thing I was just gonna real quick mention on that is I guess yeah. part of the reason is because I think you know instead of them getting theater releases now we get our Hallmark Christmas movies and then our Netflix knockoff Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies has t- taken the void yeah of of Christmas movies so now I can watch the Princess Switch three or whatever which <laughs> by the way Princess Switch great great Christmas movie. I'm going right, to defend it. I'll have um, to check that out. I'll but definitely yeah, now, watch it now right after this. Now we're pretty much just stuck to, yeah, Hallmark movies and Netflix knockoff Hallmark movies, which I, I the, the Netflix ones are generally higher quality, so I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they, we, they've, they've left the big screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's sad. I, yeah, there are just so many of these, so many different types of movies that used to like be potential, like huge uh box office successes have just vanished and yeah the christmas like, movie is is one of, of many that have fallen yeah, the the christmas movie the comedy yeah the, the drama the drama the drama in general <laughs> those are just non-existent from the big box office movies yeah i it's, it makes me feel so old thinking about how much has changed since yeah, like i can remember you know remember what, going what movies movie. were popular when and like went big when we were kids yeah yeah exactly very different landscape yeah um so yeah that kind of well let's see i've we've talked about a few uh big picture things that do you have any that you want to get to that we haven't talked about um i mean i think kind of watching it again um i guess one of the things i wanted to mention kind of what i mentioned up front was i thought that the directing and editing and also the writing, but we can maybe talk about that separately. We're, we're really strong. I was thinking back to just watching the opening sequence. It took f- f- the movie 15 minutes to set up Buddy getting adopted at the nursing home, his whole experience growing up as an elf, finding out about that and getting to New York. Like it completed wow. that entire thing in 15 minutes. And it, but it also, was very funny during that time. It yeah. gave a lot of exposition without directly giving the exposition. They were fun, interesting scenes. And just the way it was edited through all of that, it did a really quick, good job of like, there'd be a few lines and then there'd be cut to the next thing, but it flowed really well. It didn't feel like disjointed at all. It, did, it didn't feel rushed watching it at the time, uh, but they're able to set up so much, but then get you to like the heart of the movie where you want to spend most of your time. Uh, that It was just, yeah, very, very impressive, I thought. Um, yeah. And they, and they managed to, like, work in a lot of, uh, like, cartoon Christmas characters. And yeah. Like, they, they give you an entire world that has, like, you know, that reminds you of so many um, past Christmas movies and, like, Christmas images. Yeah. Um, yeah, I exactly. I think the first fifteen minutes of this movie is just. I mean, I, I think it, the whole movie is great, but like, yeah, it's such a good first fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a masterclass. And then just th- throughout the movie, I just I don't know. I think there's something about John Favreau knows where to put the camera. 
Like, I, yeah. I don't really know how other to put it. His directing and really all the movies that he makes, but this just was a great reminder for me. Like, just in all the scenes, the, the camera's pointing and moving. It's pointing at the right place and moving the right way. Just like we were talking about with the escalator scene. Uh, yeah. there, there was a bunch of other scenes. Like, I love when they introduce uh, Walter for the first time and you get it's this shot that's just focused. It's just showing him. You don't get to see who he's talking to <laughs> in the room. He's letting them know that they're not going to, like, get the books or whatever. Yeah. And then, it, and then it pans to show both of them. And of course, it's a nun that he's yeah. telling that they're going to have to take, <laughs> not give them the books. I thought that, that is just such a great, great way of using the, the camera work to really sell the joke. Then, yeah you know, exactly it could you know it still would have been funny if it showed him and the nun like and yeah. him telling her no but it, it really adds the the build-up of like you thinking it's some normal business meeting and then this oh this is who he's talking to uh, yeah and, and, and like with the cab too just coming out of and and, mm -hmm. and it'll have like you know a song we playing you know you'll really be like oh yeah uh, <laughs> buddy's having a good time you know and just all of a sudden just this abrupt you know so it, yeah. it like really uses the camera and the sound and it, you know mm -hmm. it's not just relying on the script to generate laughs. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And then it's also able to find a way to have a scene where he gets hit by a car, but then transitioned into a new thing with like immediately afterwards without it seeming disjointed, uh, which yeah. is uh, pretty pretty impressive. And then um, yeah, so I just I really really enjoyed. The way that I thought just the editing throughout, I thought it whoever was editing in this knew when to like end a scene. Uh, yeah, it, it helped really keep them. I, I feel like this movie could have easily if this had been made now. It would have been well <laughs> over two hours and they were able yeah. to make the same movie by just ending the scenes a little sooner. Like they don't have to linger on stuff to like get it down to like whatever hour 40 this was. I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, there were times when I was like, I, I was kind of caught off guard at when a scene ended. And I always thought it was a good choice. But yeah, I think it's just because we've gotten so accustomed to these, you know, two hour, 30 minute plus movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. The scenes are just a little more indulgent where characters stop talking and then we see a bunch the, of other stuff happen. Yeah. Afterwards, well, that we just like, oh, I probably didn't need to see that. And just... Yeah, they were in just yeah. It was just so economical through throughout the movie, yeah. and then I was yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. Also, just a quick shout out. This isn't going to fit anywhere in this, <laughs> but I just have to mention it in terms of one of the things. My favorite thing as a kid watching this movie, and that always inspired me, it was the the coolness of when Buddy decorates the the Christmas shop. It was oh, just yeah. so cool with the Legos and all the different snowflakes and all that he does. I mean, the Legos, I was a huge Lego fan. The Legos yeah. were always the, my favorite part. Um, but just, the, just the, the attention to detail on some of the set designs, I thought. It felt like they kind of went the extra mile on, on a lot of these uh, scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I loved Legos, too. And yeah, yeah. I think they, yeah, they just like... <laughs> They like know what's going to look cool to a kid. Yeah, so we've kind of talked about a lot of the different aspects of the movie. What did you think about like maybe we want to talk about maybe some of the actors? Yeah, I mean, so I think we got to talk about Will Ferrell. Yeah, let's just the, start the start main there. Character, the titular <laughs> elf. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, and I think this is true uh, pretty much across the board. Like physically, he's like the perfect. 
person mm-hmm. for this role. Like one, he's really tall. Um, two, yeah. he like he has. I mean, he has curly, great curly hair. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I don't know exactly what it is about his face, but he just he just has like kind of a he just had, has kind of a silly face. Like, and I don't mean this at all as like a, a negative. Like, it's a very yeah. it's also like a very like warm face too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, like. So, and you know, some of the like him showering in this like tiny shower, like trying to <laughs> splash some water yeah. on his face. <laughs> um, so he's like, he just kind of inherently a little bit awkward and goofy, mm-hmm. and but then you know, also and and yeah, a lot of this is just his performance, like just so so genuine and. Like yeah, and just earnest and, and endearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any any other thoughts about Will Ferrell? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you've kind of kind of hit all the big things. I think yeah, it's hard to imagine anyone else in this role. I was seeing some of the yeah. casting of like cause this movie went through several development cycles, and some of the original people would have been like Jim Carrey was someone they were considering. I was just trying to uh, think about how that, and I think that would just have been such a different movie. So I just he he doesn't have the like warmth, I guess, that you yeah. can really get from from Will Ferrell. And it's just, it's just a different kind of physical comedy. And I, I think yeah. for this type of a Christmas movie, I think Will Will Ferrell's your guy. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And I think, you know, kind of like what we were talking about and even in our Anchorman episode a bunch of weeks back, I think he's kind of he can he can play the, the like man child type thing re- yeah. really well and he definitely kind of uses that for like the na- naive naivete or however the heck you say that word um yeah <laughs> and so I, th- I think that really works for him is he's, he's able to pull off being a grown man but also kind of acting like a child but it, it not it coming off right you know and you can have a scene like the other shower scene where he's <laughs> in the where he hears jovi singing and he comes into the room they're able to have that song and they're even singing like one of the creepiest Christmas songs ever, <laughs> but they're able to like at no point in that scene. Does it seem creepy at all? They're, they're, they're yeah. able to set him up in a way that he truly is. You know that he's just there because he likes singing. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, I, I think I think his performance goes a long way. I think a lot of different actors that scene could seem a lot worse. Yeah, right. I, I was thinking like since he's grown up with elves, has he's like I guess never really he's seen the picture of his dad and mom, but like he he may have never felt sexual attraction before in his <laughs> entire life. Um, so yeah, he is, and and yeah, and it really come he does come across as just yeah this man child who um and it's interesting like yeah this is just a different kind of man child and. Um, I think with you know with Ron Burgundy, he plays up the the like the arrogance more. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, Buddy, Buddy isn't arrogant. Like he's he's no. very confident and self assured, but it's not like he's also so trusting of other people and so just like ready to embrace everyone else that it it just it, you get a totally different effect. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So. Maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the the love interest uh, since we already kind of are touching on it. Um, mm-hmm. Played by Zoe 
uh, is it Deschanel or Deschanel? Deschanel. Deschanel. Okay. Um, so she plays Jovi. So yeah, mm-hmm. what uh, what did you think of of her? And I guess this was all like our introduction to her as well. I, I yeah, definitely yeah, hadn't seen I didn't, her anything didn't know who she was before this this movie. Um, yeah, I thought I thought she does a really good job. It's kind of a it's a it's a tough role, I think. As far as some of the stuff in this movie, you know, it's not a lot of this movie makes sense if you look at it super hard. Yeah. But some of the stuff with her character, as far as why in any way she would want to go out with this person that's just weirdly staring at her from a distance um, and yeah. has a bunch of very awkward interactions with her and all their interactions, why why she would ever want to say yes. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, this movie's earned enough goodwill at that point that you kind of go with it. And I, you know, there is at the end of the day, it's the aspect of she's, she's someone who she, she's pretty, um, yeah, I guess she, she doesn't, she's not very self-confident in terms of, she's not just going to go out and sing in front of people and stuff like that. You know, she's a little more, yeah, she just doesn't want it. She's not someone that's going to put herself out there. So you can kind of see how, all right, someone like him who just has no, inhibitions could maybe she sees that i i think it's a huge stretch uh, yeah. but i think she she does a good job of both seeming like she likes him but also kind of laughing at him but in a nice way the whole time you know yeah I, I think she she does a good job of kind of towing the balance where she clearly indicates with her facial expression a lot of scenes scenes where she's like yeah that this is crazy <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> Um, but I'm going to kind of just laugh at it and accept it as, as far as who you are. Kind of. I, I, I thought, I thought it, I thought it, it was a very tough job that she had because yeah. her, her character doesn't have like a lot to work with. Um, and I, I thought that she did good there. What what do you think? Yeah. I mean, this was one of the things I was going to bring up as like, I mean, <laughs> does this really work? Um, does this make <laughs> any kind of sense? Um, but I think that you, I think you've defended it about as well as it can be defended. Um, (laughs) I've thought about this a lot while I was watching this movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely a little glaring. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think like, yeah, if you're thinking about it from her perspective, like from what she sees from Buddy, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It it only makes sense if you, if you know, like what we as an audience members do know additionally about Buddy that like, he has a really big heart. He's not, he's not a creep. Um, and, and yeah, and, and I guess, yeah, her, her character does it, it. Her arc does kind of fit with the theme that they're going for of like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, and yeah, I, I was trying to think of like, could they have like, I, I wouldn't want them to change the character of buddy. So like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you're kind of stuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to to keep like the fish out of water aspect and to still have them. I was like the only way that other way to approach it, but then it could have taken up more screen time to introduce this was if there was like a more forced way for them to have to interact with each other for her to spend time with him. You know, that wasn't just like, yeah, I guess that was, I was trying to think of if it was like, Instead, I don't know. She was. I, I don't. I don't know how they could have contrived this, but it could okay, have made what, more sense if there was like a, which I guess it kind of is a work setting 
they meet each other. Yeah. Maybe we're supposed to assume they spent more time at work together. Yeah, maybe, it was like, off, off yeah, screen. Maybe if they maybe if they added a scene in there where like when she's doing the six inch ribbons or something, he like yeah. then helps her do six inch ribbons and is yeah. like nice there, might have added to like, all right, they've done some more working together. He helped her out and was nice and you kind of used his talents for her and her crappy job. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah what, I don't like, yeah. What if instead of the date scene, they're just a scene of them together at work and they, despite, you know, her expectation, she ends mm-hmm. up having fun working with him. Yeah. And then you could still kind of have this stuff later where she somehow she ends up in the park. Um, yeah, maybe I, you I, started out where it's like they're at work and you yeah. do some of those things. And then they like continue and oh. do some fun things after work. Yeah. It kind of is. Because I do, um, I do like the date. And I think, I don't know, I think it's kind of cute when he kisses her on the cheek and she's like, oh, you missed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, the, the kiss, the kiss is too, way too soon, especially for just how weird he is, has been so far. Um, yeah, you're right. It is her, too soon. That, that was a little jarring for me in the movie, but. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I was thinking they might just yeah. like not have a kiss at that part or save it for like when he saves Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. OK, you're right. I, I like the whole you miss thing. But yeah, it was way but too honestly, soon. But so. it also it is good. like it's from a character arc standpoint. Obviously, it's hard in a movie because you're limited on time from yeah. like a normal date. But it is good from her state character arc standpoint that she's getting she's putting herself out there. Yeah, a little bit. So it shows that her time with him made her feel a little more wanting to put herself out there. It seems a little too exactly. soon as a viewer. Yeah. So like I see. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think in general, I think, yeah, if it started out more as like a work thing and then transitioned yeah. to the date, maybe pop. I now I'm becoming the problem. But if we had an extra five minutes, to the movie, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. I know. And maybe you get rid of one of the scenes in the date part i don't know yeah i don't know how i I don't know what i would remove they're all so great (laughs) i mean an extra five minutes couldn't hurt right what's he gonna do you know (laughs) Um, (laughs) this is why we have two hour movies now yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it's a good thing yeah we stayed away from this project but um um, i was just so in terms of the rest of the cast uh, we don't need to go through like each person but yeah it goes super um, deep but I like that. The, I mean, they they have a lot of comedic actors uh, in these roles, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I, I think uh, like having as the two writers, uh, Andy Richter and Kyle Gass. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know who Kyle Gass was really until I watched it again this time, and I I had watched um, Tenacious D, uh, okay, yeah. of Destiny <laughs> like a couple yeah. months ago. Um, but he's like the sidekick to uh jack black you know and then andy richter is like the sidekick to conan o'brien and and like Mm -hmm. they both kind of especially andy richter gets like you know he has to like take a lot of uh crap from people um Mm -hmm. so i i think it's especially funny now like seeing these two guys as the like kind of lame but also like lovable (laughs) writers exactly Uh, (laughs) um Oh, and, yeah, yeah they, I don't they were, were so there funny. any other I mean yeah you have like Amy Sedaris as the secretary yeah she's uh, great I, I think the whole family's great yeah I like Mary Steenburgen yeah. Her, her yeah. P- yeah Peter Dinklage 
Yeah. He, he crushes it. I just like oh. his like tone of voice and just the way he like approaches everything and just how serious yeah. he is. Yeah. Like, you know, to tomato, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. For, he, for children. Like just how serious he is in that delivery. Like, he thinks he uh, is like the, you know, like the, the intellectual of his day. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, there were some lines from that. I don't know. Let's see if I can find, you know, it, and thinking but, about, we're talking about like the, the goofy, like picture book children. Yeah. Stories, and he's so also it, a playboy too like yeah he's just like betting women constantly like yeah. <laughs> he like he was a character that i definitely like i don't think i didn't understand his character when i was a kid I yeah think, i think when i when i was a kid that was probably the one scene that i watched where i felt like something was supposed to be funny and i didn't yeah. understand that i didn't get the joke um yeah. i was so yeah, I'd say he he was the he was probably the one character that yeah watching as a kid it it didn't quite make sense. But then as an adult, I absolutely love um, yeah. the, the the scene because yeah, I guess it turns out yeah. I just yeah wasn't ready to understand the persona that he was taking on. Yeah, <laughs> I I did find one line that so I think this is the Andy Richter character. He's talking about mm-hmm. this this story. Uh, called Gus's Pickles. And he's, he's like, it's so existential yet accessible. Um, so that's like... It's one of my this, favorite lines in the that's movie. So, this short children's story that's like an existential, existentialist text, but it's also accessible. Um, yeah. yeah uh, and God, yeah, it's... like that is just purely for adults. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I had any idea what existentialism was until like... No. At least well into high school. Uh-huh. Yeah, certainly not when I was watching this movie the first time. Yeah, yeah the, the way they talk about the, the children's, seeing like the business side of children's books throughout the movie, yeah. I think it's, it's just a, that's a really funny kind of reoccurring joke yeah. that they have in here. It's like well, the, I, the, the big business behind these like goofy children's books. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I guess too, like just on the working workaholic dad theme, like, and this is something that I can find somewhat relatable, like being in, you know, like doing professional philosophy, like which is like mm-hmm. something that I'm passionate about. But like when you have, you know, presumably he got into this because he like really cared about children's stories. And then now yeah. it's just become this like, you know, he's just re- just churning out this crap that he <laughs> exactly. like and he's just just desperately trying to hold on to his job. Like whatever dreams he had had for this career are just just out the window. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. It just adds to his character. of so there's someone that's been kind of beat down and yeah. under, under the gun a little bit. Um, yeah. Exactly. I was thinking about some of the other just characters. This, and this is something where I think both must casting. And I think also directing, I think shows a lot as far as some of the, a lot of buddies interact, like the people in the background, and like all of just the random one-off characters throughout this movie, I thought were so good. Like the, some yeah. of the some of the like facial expressions of them, you know, like just a throwaway scene, like when Will Ferrell does the perfume and he sprays it into <laughs> his mouth, and just yeah. just her the reaction of the girl that gave him the perfume is it's so good. Or like the scene when he comes in for the theoretical Christmas gram for, for Walter <laughs> and you get all the office people behind them and you, the scene really focuses on their faces as it turns to like 
confusion and then just <laughs> like awkward horribleness as it goes. Yeah. Like, Ooh, I don't want to be here anymore. And it's just, it's a lot of those like back, you know, cause a lot of the, in a fish out of water movie, it's the fish. The, the key thing is the other people's reactions to him being a fish out of water, like the escalator yeah. scene, all the people <laughs> piling up, like looking at him. Um, I, yeah. I just I thought you know in a lot of these movies that we've watched, especially in like some of these Batman ones recently, yeah. uh, there was such jarringly bad extra performances. <laughs> um, yeah. It was I was just I was really impressive, like top to bottom, to see a movie where I I really liked the performance of of the extras in it. They they always yeah. kept me in the movie. And Even the kids, it. like because there's scenes with like tons of kid extras and. I was really like scanning to see if any kid was just like, you know, had his finger up his nose or something. And like all the kids' expressions looked like they had the, you know, the appropriate amusement mm-hmm. or befuddlement. Yeah, like, yeah. Usually yeah. you have someone in the crowd that doesn't have, that's like not doing the right thing. Yeah. It felt like everyone was in line with what they should be. I don't know. Apparently, John Favreau's running a tight ship on his like directing instructions for everyone. Okay, let's see. So I think I have like one more kind of big gripe. So the in the in the scene in Central Park, like when, once you pointed out that uh, the the theme of the movie is about like putting yourself out out there, then it kind of because basically everyone has to like put themselves out there. Yeah, to, to seeing in a crowd. My worst nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Walter Hobbs in that yeah. scenario. Who's mouthing the words? I uh, re- relate to him, I, but sorry. I remember, anyway, <laughs> I remember doing that so much in church when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, so that actually kind of works. I, I guess like we've already talked about this a little bit, but the fact that they do get all of this evidence that Santa is real, it's like, how much are they really putting themselves out there? You know? Um, yeah. Uh, that's fair and maybe it's more about hard it's less about believing in santa and more about just seeing in a crowd is the yeah. harder thing at that point yeah like, i think i yeah. i definitely think it falls short on the if it just didn't have the line seeing is believing yeah I, I think the ending part would work better because i think yeah some of that stuff doesn't you you notice it because you're thinking in the framework of seeing is believing but they're just actually, yeah. or uh, sorry, not uh, believing isn't seen. Believe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I got the wrong message on this. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think if they just hadn't said believing isn't seen, then I wouldn't have been worried about the fact that they're all clearly seen, and that's what's motivating them to do it. Then it would have just yeah. Then, but even then, it's still the whole Christmas cheer aspect of the movie. Definitely just it definitely gets undercut because it's like, is yeah. this real Christmas cheer? If <sighs> this is if they're just like telling them, showing them facts of why Santa is real. Yeah. Um, also, Maybe it's I'd, like it's meant really literally like, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't believe based on like concrete evidence. Yeah. I, just, I, you I, don't like, get to see Santa specifically. Yeah. You'll, you you'll should see believe... a sleigh flying, but you never yeah. actually saw him in that in that sleigh. You know, right. it could have been anyone in there. Right. Sometimes <laughs> you can have other concrete evidence that is solid enough that you can believe in something without actually seeing it with your own eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think at that point, it kind of gets to like, at the end of the day, it's Buddy 
and him getting to people to step out like oh okay so that that kind of brings me to my other thing about this last scene again i'm not sure Mm -hmm. and especially in light of you kind of clarifying the theme for me i'm Mm -hmm. starting to rethink things but it felt like buddy was a little absent from that whole part like this is his movie and he doesn't get that much screen time in that scene uh it's a lot about santa and walter and the son whatever his name is uh michael Michael, yeah. The name and of Jovi. every son at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that is very true. Um, so, yeah, like, and, you know, you could say, well, Buddy has kind of set them up. So he's like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I think, theoretically what it's going for. Okay. Because <laughs> it's their time. He's built them he's up. He's passed on the baton. They're, they're ready. They don't need him anymore. They can stay yeah. on their own. And I think... For Jovi, I think it's great because she does just stay, take out, stand out on like a limb and start yeah. singing for a crowd, um, yeah. which um, I so I think that's great because and she's getting the people to have Christmas cheer through her singing and being brave. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for from from Michael's standpoint, I'm not sure how he's putting himself out there by reading facts yeah. off out of a book. I think they could have if they could have come up with a different way for him to try to convince the people on the news that it was Santa. You know, it, like it is fun from like a kid perspective to to like think and they show the shots of the kids and they're like, "Oh, thanks Santa." And you know, the yeah. little girl from earlier the callback oh. where she's like, "Thanks, so buddy." Cute. And it's oh. so cute that it like kind of makes me forgive that part aspect of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, um, I don't know how it, what they could have done different, but it's yeah, yeah. I, I do also like that reporter. I again, like, yeah, it's she's great. Small role, and she's really funny. And I'll just mm-hmm. use this opportunity to. I, I thought one a hilarious line. I don't. I don't think I have the full line, but she's mm-hmm. talking about the uh, the whatever that those ra- the Central Park Rangers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who are after Santa. And such a good she, delivery. She's like, and she delivers it so like, so deadpan, but she's mm-hmm. like, they're controversial crowd control tactics at a Simon and Garfunkel concert back in 85. <laughs> uh, like, um, just, oh. and yeah, when you're, especially when you're a little bit older, I don't think I really knew who Simon Garfunkel no, were at the yeah. time, but like imagining, you know, this group having to use <laughs> controversial crowd control tactics at a Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> concert. <laughs> It's like the most mellow band ever. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh man, that's honestly potentially my favorite line in the movie. It yeah, gets me, me too. Every time. It's, yeah. yeah, and I think you know, as a kid, you don't know who Simon and Garfunkel are, but you know that they. It still is kind of funny anyway, just the way it's delivered yeah. and everything. Um, which the movie also establishes that the park rangers. These rangers are aware of Santa's existence. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. that's just a thing that's in the movie. So they're like one of the few uh, groups of people left who believe in Santa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I thought that, that part's hilarious. But yeah, I think, yeah, and I, I love the part. I just, the, the, the idea of the Central Park Rangers, I think, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, the, to get some tension into the end of the movie, yeah, <laughs> to bring in these guys, yeah, I think <laughs> the it, it fits with cops. 
Exactly. It fits with just the playfulness of the movie. Like, yeah, the the, the tension is coming out of this just ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Do you have any other big things, or should we move into uh, to yeah. nitpicks? Yeah, I think that that hits on like that was probably my like. I think if they had just taken out that one line, and then maybe if they'd come up with a better way for Michael, because I guess for him at least he's like getting on the news. Maybe that's something yeah if they had just taken out the believing isn't seeing line i think i think that would help the the back half of the movie like that last part just play a little better yeah um because then you wouldn't be worried about the fact that they were seeing um but yeah i think i'm ready i think i'm ready for nitpicks or any other fun quotes um yeah yeah as we can well um so quotes. all right I'll, um, I'll, I'll hit you with a nitpick yeah you just pass the torch so i was thinking at the beginning of the movie they mm-hmm. finished making the toys for the year and then they immediately say all right time for next year but <laughs> my question is how do they know what the people want for next year people don't make their Ooh. christmas lists until like november december time frame what 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 are they doing are they predicting what they're gonna want <laughs> eight ten months later how, wow how are, yeah it's just the whole I... the whole elf society crumbles right <laughs> before us <laughs> you know what I, I thought that was a really funny line um and it's it definitely like, yeah, worth just, having in the movie it plays up the ridiculous so like their whole lives yeah. revolve around this one day but exactly. um but yeah i never thought about that before i, I, I was always so fixated <laughs> on either how, yeah like yeah. how does santa get the presents out in one night but like i mean i don't know about you but i usually make my christmas list like late november early december yeah. Yeah, exactly. and so so there's like they probably have like they yeah they have like a month or so to make all these presents well but in this movie that they're they're making them year round yeah i guess they're just shooting their shot and like ah i bet a lot of people are going to be asking for this toy (laughs) yeah because it's not like you know it's not like kids uh it's it's not like there's like trends in what kids want that change from year to year. It's pretty yeah, consistent, exactly. you know. Yeah, everyone's going to want a Mr. Want, Potato Head. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, what people wanted in this movie are probably what people are asking for now, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but sorry, that that was all right. That was my first nitpick. <laughs> maybe uh, here's a maybe it's a comment on how how much things are just recycled from year to year. And, yeah, exactly. You know, they're able to. Yeah. Which and also just, just well, well, we're on this. Well, I loved yeah. that they talked about the, like they're in their advanced like, like chip making class or some some like I like how they call attention to the fact that they're having to do these advanced electronics <laughs> yeah. to make the toys. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was great. Um, okay, this, I feel like this. I almost feel bad about calling this out because I feel like the movie kind of does it for you for you but like so what did what did buddy eat uh on his way to new york where did he sleep um it, you know that was a long it's a long ways from the north pole to to new york and it seemed like he didn't have any provisions with him don't even worry about it <laughs> he took the magical journey you know he's oh. traveling through magic christmas wor- land there's one part where you see a... him he's like going through a mountain range yeah well they, they don't show him specifically i love that oh. shot it makes me think of the it seems like a reference to the first lord of the rings movie 
It's yeah. like journey is yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm assuming that's what it's referencing there. And I, I thought I, I love the fact that they added that in there. <laughs> it just like, oh, me too. you know, it's like silly, but it kind of grounded. And then it just takes it to like, yeah. so such an outlandish level. Yeah. <laughs> when they show those mountain ranges. Yeah. And that's why I, this is really just a dumb nit. Like I, I, it's yeah, funny yeah. that they. I, yeah. I'm glad that they. He's, don't have he's got his sugar flask, his syrup flask. He's fine. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that goes a long way. Uh, okay, yeah, give exactly. us another nitpick. All right. Um, all right, man. I I don't think I wrote down enough nitpicks. I'm trying to see. Okay. Uh, one thing. All right. It's, this is a nitpick. I guess I just wrote down scenes I liked. Um, yeah. This was another example of an extra I liked. Was the scene when he gets into the elevator. With the other guy, oh. and he just does all the lights in the Empire, yeah. or all the floors in the Empire State Building. But the, the the nitpick is, why doesn't that guy just get out the next floor and get yeah. into a different elevator? Good point. <laughs> Would yeah. save him a lot of time. It's just inefficient. Um, but <laughs> sorry, but I also I love that guy's just acting as just his facial expression as he just looks at him like, <laughs> oh, like he's just, he's a guy that he's clearly having like a tough day at work. Yeah, and then this is what he has to deal with. <laughs> I know, and he's like, um, he's nice enough and polite enough that he yeah. still he still gives him a kind of a smile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to be mean about it, but it's oh yeah, just miserable. Um, I, I love that guy, but yeah, I thought he he could just get off at the next floor and get get into a different elevator. Oh, yeah, the I, there. I've always I've had that same thought. Um, oh, I I just just going through my notes. Um, I like that Michael Lerner, who was the mayor in Godzilla, he's also in this as like the the terrible yeah. boss. Uh, it was nice exactly. to see his face again. <laughs> it was really funny seeing it like the same kind of role, twi- like really back to back. Exactly. Um, he definitely um, he had his thing. He <laughs> sure did. Um, and he's played that in other movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next nitpick. So uh, Buddy asks Jovi out, but he mm-hmm. doesn't get her number. Uh, yeah. And like, how does he know? How do they coordinate when to meet? How yeah, does they, he they know don't, where she lives? Yeah, they, they they don't do any contact information, any time, any yeah. location. It's <laughs> yeah. mentioned in this situation. And, and Michael's like, way to go, buddy. But yeah. he should be like, hey, uh, you need to work out some of these details first. Yeah, this honestly, date is not going to happen. Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for like them to like shout as they were walking away, like, this is my number something yeah. there and then there was just nothing and it yeah. was never even i thought maybe it was going to come up as a joke later and it just just was dropped yeah. that that <laughs> scene could have could have gone on a bit longer I which i guess yeah this is how you save time yeah <laughs> you, you fix these things so we can n- nitpick them later on they could yeah <laughs> they could have just ended it before he walked away you know and then yeah I, I think left it implied that <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watching him actually walk away yeah. fully and them never mentioned, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you, all right. you have any more nitpicks? I might need you to go again. Okay. <laughs> well, this is more of a question than a okay. nitpick, but um, I don't know if I'm going to get the, the exact uh, quote right. Um, let's, okay. Well, um, Santa. Santa mentions that he's. Oh, he says he's been to New York thousands of times. Yeah, um, New York City has been around 
for what, like uh, a little over 300 years. I can't remember when the Dutch uh, yeah, settled. We could it, give it 400 even. Let's that's, say it's okay. Let's say it's way four, for it's way more than it is, but let's we can just. Be. Yeah, let's say it's <laughs> yeah. 400 years. So he visits New York once a year to deliver presents. What was he doing in New York all the other times? It's a great, great um, question. I also it had it, me wondering. So I had thought he was a human before yeah. this, but maybe I, mean, I guess he's a magical being. I don't I know. Think he's ma- I don't think he's human. Yeah, but he looks so, like a human, but he yeah, has but he has magical, yeah, magical powers. But yeah, yeah, I was trying to I was like. Does he just is New York his place? Does he just go there like yeah. in his free time, like fifty yeah. times a year? And like well, that, that's what I was had that same kind of th- internal monologue with myself. Yeah, and he's he's aware of peep shows in New York, yeah. so I was wondering maybe. Yeah, he's, he's having uh, a good time in New York. Naughty... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I think that might. Do you have any more nitpicks? See, I mean. Ah oh, man, I think a lot of mine were associated with like Santa existing, but it also making no sense yeah. <laughs> with him existing in the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think I think that that pretty much covers it for me. Okay. Um, well, any other uh, favorite quotes? I, think or I, I already, I already, I already, I used mine up as we went. I yeah. think. Oh, there was one. I'm trying to remember who says it. Where they say, "Oh wow, that was weird." <laughs> like uh, right after like and it's something that like super crazy that happens and it's it's like underplays it so much <laughs> yeah i kind of know what I, you're talking yeah about. I, I should have written down more context yeah. i always assume that i'm gonna remember it better than yeah i might actually remember it um yeah well that's okay I mean, there was a million good like every line yeah. in this movie's a quotable line it's crazy yeah I mean, yeah, this is like we were raving about how quotable Anchorman is. I think this movie is as quotable as Anchorman. I would I would agree with that statement. Um, so, yeah. Um, um, do you have any others? You want to uh, no, I, I was just scanning through mine. and I, I think we've we've hit just about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, this uh, this was really fun. Um, I'm uh, I'm really Definitely feeling in the Christmas spirit. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, next week, we're going to be discussing the original Home Alone. Um, so uh, check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast of choice. Uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at Movies with Heart. Um, feel free to reach out to us through our Gmail. Um, uh, movies full of heart um, at Gmail. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.